This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. We'll start in Numbers 13 and uh, we'll go to 25 to 33 and then you're going to have to swing over to Numbers 14. And when we get to Numbers 14, I'm going to be reading from the message translation because it reads differently, but it helps me with what God has given me today, all right? But Numbers 13, I'll be reading from King James Version's Numbers 13, verse 25, and it says, And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them. Mm, brought back word unto them. Mm, they were sent with the word and brought back word unto them, unto all, that, uh, unto all of the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land and told them and said, we came unto the land whether thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this, they held up the pomegranates and the figs, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of a neck there. The, ch the children of a neck. Anak is the descendants of giants. We saw these giant children. And these giant children are going to grow up one day. they children and they already tall and be. 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Thank you. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight numbers 14 message translation starting at verse 23 going to verse 24 and it says god said after he heard this evil report god said i forgive them honoring your words moses has interceded for them but as I live and as the glory of God fills the whole earth, not a single person of those who saw my glory yeah. 
saw the miracles, signs that I did in Egypt and the wilderness, who have tested me over and over and over again, turning a deaf ear to me, not one of them will set eyes on the land that I so solemnly promised to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with such repeated contempt will see it. But my servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. I will bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will inherit it. I want to consider, cons uh, continue our series. We are those people. Tell your different. Tell your, your your neighbor you are different. You are different. You are different. You are different. That's our assignment today. Under we are those people. You are different, and the word of God is already blessed. We need to understand that we are living in what I consider to be divine times. I said divine. Somebody say divine times. The challenge with hearing that phrase or those words divine times, the challenge is at the same time of living in divine times, we understand we are still living in end times. Yeah, we are living in the end times. Some people say it's called the last and evil days. But the truth of the matter, God has not vacated his throne in the midst of the end times. If we're not careful, while we grab a higher alert to the end times, if we're not careful is, we'll only report the calamities of the end times, the tragedies of the end times, the toughness of the end times, you know, where people don't listen and people don't obey God. But if you don't go a little bit further in the end times, we still miss that God is still moving in spite of it being the end times. God is still moving, God is still blessing, and another way of saying it, if we only report what the devil is doing and how the devil is using people, we'll miss all that God has been doing every second of the day. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is be careful not to report negative news all day because God is still in the blessing business. God is still doing great things in the midst of the end times. I'll never forget as a young pastor, an old the pastor came to me in a sort of a way to encourage me and he said pastor I want you to be encouraged we're living in the, in the end times there's times when you gather to preach and teach God word, God's word it's going to be nobody but you and your wife and he came by and encouraged me on Petty Drive and at one time he came as an older preacher I said thank you sir keep praying for me and then he came by again maybe a couple months later and he gave me the same type statement we're living in the end times nobody want to join a church nobody want to give their life to Christ and I said sir I really respect you but I got to let you know that ain't my story I, I just got to let you know that God is doing something even in the midst of evil times and if you're not careful you will only be reporting all the negativity repeating everything you saw on the news that wasn't a good report but you got to learn to live under a different frequency that God is still in the blessing business and a matter of fact, go ahead and nudge your neighbor and let them in on a secret. Let them know God is blessing me. 
Not only is he in the blessing business, but I am his business. And, oh Lord, help me. And he's blessing. And he's blessing me. Because you needed a, a witness. I want you to know you're sitting next to somebody. He is blessing. So we are in divine times and God is doing great things. I've heard that this time is paramount because God is provoking us to greater. God is helping us with our inheritance. Uh, he's helping us to possess it. But we must know what we know. I said we must know what we know. Things are happening and things are coming to test if we know what we know. We must know who we are and we must also know what to do. God is showing us, preparing us that there is access and there is supply. I know things could be tough, but don't you think that God don't have more than enough ways to bring you where he said he was going to bring you? I understand that sometimes the economy goes up and down, but when you're living with God, God has a way of preserving you and blessing you while everyone else is wondering what's going on. Some of you had that story two years ago and still got that story now that in the midst of the pandemic, everybody wasn't suffering like everyone else. Yes, we all was trying to live through this thing yeah we all were trying to protect ourselves but somebody in here under the sound of my voice somebody online under the sound of my voice got a new job in the pandemic somebody under the sound of my voice got a raise in the pandemic somebody under the sound of my voice got a new house in the pandemic somebody under the sound of my voice got married in the pandemic what I'm trying to tell you is bad times don't stop a good God 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 is divine and over it all and God will still keep moving in spite of what is going on tell somebody God is good even in bad times he's trying to prepare us uh, prime us like a old country water pump well water he priming us uh, he's telling us to make room. He's telling us to get ready. Nudge your neighbor, Lord, help me. Tell your neighbor, say, get ready. God is saying, get ready. I have given you dominion. And I'm telling you, uh, we heard this word on the morning man of revival. I got to bring it to your attention again. He, he's telling us to set ourselves in array. Yeah, this word, set ourselves in array, is associated with going to battle. It's mostly used in the Old Testament because it's the process of going to battle. Yeah, to set in array is to make yourself ready to fight. It means to get everything in order. In other words, it means to put loaves on the table. You only put loaves on the table when you're getting ready to eat. It means to arrange wood and put wood on the altar. You only put wood on the altar, Old Testament, when you are getting ready to make a sacrifice so God can respond. In other words, God is saying, I know things are happening in you, around you, but I need you to get ready. Tell somebody, God needs you to get ready. 
he needs you to come out of the fog of what occurred what you heard what you saw what you experienced it is real I cannot deny you what you heard and what you saw I know what you saw we know in this text what they saw we know they saw the giants of Anak we know they saw that the cities were walled and very great we know what they saw but you got to come out of just your experience if you're going to experience God move you in a supernatural way because life will tell you because you've been through pain that's all you're going to experience if you're not careful the wind you know the Bible tells uh, we don't understand the story when the Bible uh, when the Bible says to Jesus says to disciples let us go over to the other side and as they were going the Bible says that the wind was contrary you know you'll be surprised what you can hear in the wind sometimes while the wind is blowing while you're trying to go a certain direction things you hear in the wind like you can't make it you can't you can't do this what you're trying to do I got another story for you the Bible says that Jesus is out in the middle of the night and, and he and Peter sees a figure and he asks Jesus he says uh, is it uh, is it you Jesus says it is me uh, he says if it is so then call me call me to come to you and he says come and at that moment Peter steps out of the boat begin to walk on water can I pause to say here in a little bit you're gonna hear that Peter begin to sink but can I first tell you while he was focused and while he was listening he was walking before we're in a little bit we're gonna hear I'm gonna tell you the next part of the story uh, that he sunk and began to sink and drown but before he drowned he was walking can I testify to you you maybe have seen what I went through but you don't know that I was doing well I was doing well before I tripped up. I was doing well. You may have heard about me in the gossip line, but before that, I was doing well. The Bible says he calls Peter, and Peter is walking on the water, but in the wind, he gets distracted. I'm telling you, better be careful of the wind that you've been hearing, the words that you've been hearing, who've been talking to you, who've been in your inbox, who've been in your mind, who've been talking to your psychological, mental state of being. You better be careful who is affecting your mentality and your perception. The Bible says as Peter was walking, the wind started basically talking to him and he started to drown. But at that moment, he looked on Jesus and Jesus grabbed his hand and pulled him in the boat. I want to tell you, be careful what you're listening to because God is greater than the wind. Say God is greater than the wind. Uh, you hear me? I'm saying God is greater than what you heard in the wind. Mm-hmm. It is time to get ready. It's time to get ready. The challenge we have today is we first must deal with why capable people fail. Why in the world? How in the world? Do capable people fail? This is a tragedy we've read in Numbers 13 and 14 because it shows you that every day capable people fail. Yeah. There were 12 leaders sent out to spy their promise. I got to say it right because 
Moses told them, he says, go and spy the land that God has promised you. In other words, go look at what's already yours. It's a tragedy to go and just visit your next season and flunk it. It's a tragedy when God says, what you see, I'm going to handle it. Your enemies, I'm going to take care of it. All I need you to go do is get, go see what you got to face. But in other words, it's really like God saying, go see who I'm going to beat down for you. Excuse me for my vernacular. I grew up uh, in a street in the neighborhood that, that was kind of kind of tough. Excuse me. I don't mean to hurt nobody. I'm really a nice pastor. But God was saying, go see who I'm going to defeat on your behalf. Go over there and see who I'm going to crush in order to bring you into your promise. Go see who's living in your next place that I'm going to remove in just a little bit. And go see what I'm about to do. And the tragedy is that every time God calls us to something we think it's about us and we miss that it's really more about God he said go see the land that I promised you and that I swear that I will give you and your forefathers but these capable people 12 leaders went and 10 of them failed they're selected as leaders of their tribes. I don't understand how they failed because God was with them. He was with them when they were in Egypt because when they were in Egypt, they multiplied. That's what really made the Egyptians so afraid. The Bible records that the, the Egyptians and the Hebrew people had a wonderful relationship. There wasn't an, 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 an animosity with each other. They got along just great. But the Bible says there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. Meaning they were fine. Uh, they were fine until a Pharaoh did not know your pastor. But, but when, when they arose... I'm just talking about me. My name's Joseph. It's all right. You'll get it in the morning. They did not know Joseph. There arose a Pharaoh, and all of a sudden, that 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 Pharaoh got insecure. He says, "My God, this is our land, and how look how they're growing. It's just something about them. They just keep multiplying. If we don't do something with them, they're gonna just overtake us. And the growth of the Egyptians, and I can't go back to how they got there. You got to remember how they got there. I got to tell you. I got to, got to tell you, so you can see how God, how good God is." But how they got there, they got there through a scandal. They got there through a setup. And I know we think all setups and our scandals are bad, but anything, help me, Holy Ghost, anything in the master's hand become a good thing. I said anything. Y'all hear what I said? I said a scandal, an adultery, a mess up. I said anything in God's hand. I didn't tell you to commit adultery. I didn't tell you to sin. But if you do, put it in God's anything. Y'all said anything in God's hands. anything in God's hands he takes the scandal from Joseph and and brings them through famine now they're in Egypt and they're growing and they're multiplying tell somebody he was with them he was with them through the abuse of the Egyptians they could not wipe them out even when they tried to wipe out the firstborn son 
Zipporah and Shua got together and said, we ain't rolling like that. We midwives, in other words, we understand intercession and we know how to get in between this thing. And they begin to tell them how in the world, every time I look up, I see all these Hebrew boys still living. They said, we don't know what to go on. Every time we think we can assassinate one, they have babies faster than anybody else I ever met. By the time they tell us that there's a woman over there, Hebrew woman, having a baby, by the time we get there, she done already had the baby. No matter what we try to do, we cannot stop these people. He was with them when there was no water in the wilderness. He was with them when the waters were bitter and he made them sweet. He was with them with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And in Numbers 13, he's with them when they go spy the land. Because the Bible says that they returned from spying the land. It means that God hid them while they were under a uh, under a spying adventure. It means while God was preparing them, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. While God was preparing them for their next, he was still hiding them. I know there's sometime you think sooner or later this thing gonna fall down. While I'm getting ready to make another step, this thing gonna catch me and I'm gonna fall and slip but while they were spying he was keeping them they were able to spy here clearly spy the land 40 days and not get caught oh you ain't hear what i'm saying they went among giants they went into their future land they come on let me back up the story so you can get it they walked out with pomegranates cluster of grapes they say he ho he ho people had to carry it through and god still hit them what I'm trying to tell you is that all the things you already been through, God was with you while you was in it. And if the devil didn't get you then, he's surely about to get you now. If he didn't take you out, then, oh, y'all hear me. He's sure oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He's sure to me. He sure can't take me out now. <laughs> if he didn't get me before I even knew what I was doing if he didn't get me before I knew what God was if he, he didn't get me then tell somebody he's okay he's okay okay he could try and he will try but the weapon that's formed won't prosper I said he will try. He will study you. I dare you to I dare to tell somebody but the weapon form won't prosper. Mm-hmm. We're still challenged with why do capable people fail? I believe it's because they have a cap on their ability. Why do capable people fail I think it's because they have a cap on their ability capability means you have the power to do something and power to do is good but power to do must be used capability is just a start a car with a full engine transmission all the alternator and a starter and with gas in the tank that car has the capability to take you some places. 
But as long as it's in the garage, no one will put the key in the ignition. I don't care if you bring your friends by the house and you pull up the hood and you say, see this thing here? This is a vortex engine. And you say, I, I can get uh, 600 horsepowers in. And you can describe the details of this vehicle until you put a key in the ignition and a person behind the wheel, no matter how big, bad, beautiful that car is, that car never begins to demonstrate its capability. So you having capability is not enough. You having a gift is not enough. Oh, you having a car is not enough you having a gift is not enough it only matters when you do something with what you got it only matters when you do something with your gift do something with your time do something with your power do something and until you do something capability is wasted power how do capable, capable people fail? I think the 10 helps us to understand how capable people fail. Mm-hmm. Number one, they lacked persistence. There are certain things you won't have until you refuse to not give in. There are certain things you will not have until you refuse not to give in and give up. Persistence, they refuse, refuse to be persistent. I believe these 10 who failed also lacked conviction. Conviction is what drives you to change. Conviction is a deep-seated emotion of standards and morals and values and beliefs, and it drives you to decision-making. I believe that these, some of these 10 leaders here were wishy-washy. They wouldn't make up their mind on what they stood for. No matter how much God told them that the promise was theirs, all they would do is listen, but they never took, here's a key word, ownership. They never took ownership. It was almost like they repeated the words of God and just said, yes, God's supposed to give us this land. Yeah, God said he's going to wipe out our enemies. God said, God said, and never took ownership of that God is going to do it through them. Let me tell you something. You can sit there all day with great prophecy over your life and never move into your place of possession because you don't take ownership. Sooner or later, you got to get behind the wheel of the vehicle and here it is, start cranking it up and start steering it. You got to sooner or later start making decisions. Going left with God, going right with God, driving 20 miles per hour with God, driving 50 with God, driving 100 with God. But no, because sometimes God speed up. But whatever God's doing, you got to start taking ownership with what God is doing in your life. I dare you to tell somebody like Jesus did, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and the Lord has anointed me. No, 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 no. I dare you to tell the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed no say I'm anointed no say I'm gifted no 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 you got to take ownership 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's personal. You got to take ownership. It's like, you know, they wouldn't accept what I call buy-in. It's like when you're trying to lay out the proposal to somebody and you spent time getting the flow chart right. You spend time telling them the statistical trend if they do such and such. And you've told them that in three to four years with compound interest, you will be in such and such place. And after you lay out the presentation and tell them this could be all yours, they refuse to have buy-in. Buy-in is the part you must do (laughs) to have what's been said. They lack conviction. They also lack discipline. What kind of discipline? Part of the discipline I really want to focus on is the emotional discipline. Because when they came back with a report, they came back with their emotions all over the place. They came back with their emotions all over the place. They gave the facts. We saw the giants of Anak. We saw surely it's a land that flows with milk and honey. Surely it's this. Surely, surely, surely it is. Uh huh. They came back. They said, but nevertheless, the people in that city are strong and they are mighty. They got so bad in their emotional realm that they begin to say, and we are like grasshoppers in their sight. Can I talk to you for a few more minutes about your emotional capacity and why God got to fix you right now before he gets you ready for your next? Because if you don't see right, you're never going to see what God's going to do. If you don't ever see right, they could not see how big they were with God that they came back telling God, God with you, which is an insult. God with you, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. Let me tell you something about when you have low self-esteem and poor self-perception about yourself you make up stories about how other people see you and you ain't even talk to them excuse me and you ain't even talk to them they ain't even said a word to you about how you look how you act but your your self-perception and esteem is so low you communicate what you think other people think of you and the truth of the matter is it's only what you think of yourself and sometimes while you think you telling on others you're telling on yourself that's why I don't spend time talking about who think I'm this and who think I'm that because at the end of the day after you finish thinking about who you think I am what matters is who I think I am because so a man thinketh so you can think what you want to think you can think what you want but the day I start thinking like you think about me They had such low self-perspective that they came back and told Moses and God that they view us. I'm telling you, it's bad when you don't even talk to these folks. I'm coming through. Some people have imaginary enemies. And these people that you imagine are your enemies are too busy to be talking about you all day. They working on their next status. They working on their next steps. And you think somebody is spending all day thinking about you. 
which is nothing but a part of an arrogant mentality that makes you think that people be so busy worried about you talking about you amen and, and let me tell you something it's, it's listen to this it's better to think listen to this thought it's better to think that people have too much other stuff to do to be it's better to think that way too much other thing. Pastor, you can't tell me. I know I got haters. I know I got haters. Yeah, about two or three, and they ain't even worth mentioning. Come on, somebody. Stop trying to make it seem like you got more enemies than you really do. Stop this imaginary everybody don't like you. And all because they didn't think that color blue looked, didn't look good on you don't mean they don't like you. Stop being so sensitive because they didn't like blue. At the end of the day, you say, oh, it don't look good on me. You can either take it as a friend trying to help you out with the shade of the sun shining on your skin. Some way, the shade of the sun. Really, you can take it from a friend giving you a kind gesture. Or you can say, okay, that's fine. I decided to wear blue. And when I think about it, didn't even know I was wearing blue. But when I think about it. I feel like, but you see what I'm saying? You can sit there all day thinking they're a hater all because they didn't say they didn't like your color blue until you get over being so sensitive. Oh, I got to come through here. Don't get mad at me today. Don't get mad at me today. I got to ruffle your fellas just a little bit because you ain't going to ever be able to handle what your real devils don't say about you if you can't take a little friendly fire. Oh, I'm coming through. I didn't mean to park right here. But some of us are missing the addition of good friends because we can't handle constructive criticism. It ain't in my notes, but it's free for us from the Holy Ghost. Some of us can't handle good friends. See, but good, see, good friends can, can tell you how they feel and they'll still be right next to you walking with you come on some, see, some of y'all need some good friends you don't even be looking your best your, your friend be with you they don't say a word they let you be in the ditch looking the mess you don't took a, took a picture with, with friends hanging out your, your nose and said nothing y'all ain't know what I'm saying I need a friend that tell me when I don't look good see y'all ain't saying nothing y'all know hanging friends y'all catch it in the morning see I need a friend to say hey, Joe I don't think that's your best look and see, and you got to know the difference between a friend and an enemy. But when your emotions so low, you interpret everything as an enemy. And you can't ever, listen, you can't ever get any constructive criticism. And because you can't take constructive criticism, you are not constructive. And you are not under construction. Because see, I'm going, I feel the Holy Ghost. Every one of us in here have blind spots. That's why I need people who love me for me and believe in my destiny. Because every one of us in here, while we're focused on something else, there's always a blind spot and something we don't see. That's why you need good friends to help you with your blind spot. But when you have low self-esteem and you're so down in the dungeon, you cannot even handle friends. Who am I talking to up in here that God is trying to help you with some friends that's going to help you get to destiny? 
or who am I talking to? It's, it's time out for you talking about going to the next level. I got by the end somebody's sad story in here today. I got I, some of y'all about to bury this old sad story that ain't been nobody but me. It ain't been nobody but me and my two children. God about to end that for you because it's tired of you being alone. You ought to be walking through life with people. You ought to be walking through life with a friend. Y'all you understand? No, you ought to be walking through life with some other people. Always got this testimony that it's always just you by yourself. And you, and your favorite song is as long as I got King Jesus. I don't need nobody else. You like that stuff. I didn't say you couldn't sing the song, but you like it a little too much because it's coming out of your place of rejection. It's coming out of your place of abandonment. Come on, somebody. But when you know that you are somebody, God will connect you with people. I'm feeling it today. Some of y'all, God bring you out of that isolation. God is bringing you out of that abandonment. He got somebody who's going to love you for you. He got somebody who's going to walk in. This negative self-perception can't see right. And then some capable people fail because they have what I call a fatalistic attitude. Fatalistic attitude meaning they won't plan for nothing because they're too afraid of the worst going to happen. So they don't plan for nothing. If I do that, no, if I do that, if I start a business, I may go bankrupt. Well, if you start a business, you may get rich. Fatalistic attitude. Everything stops a person with a fatalistic attitude from taking any faith-filled steps because they're so fearful that the bad is going to happen. Now, I'm saying this lightly, but I rebuke in the name of Jesus all forms of fears. Come on, like never before, have doctors and scientists had to go do more research, and there are lists of a, a quadruple of fears that people have. Fear of washing their hands, fear of germs, fear of walking outside, fear of love. And there are so many different types of phobias. If you're not careful, you'll have a fatalistic attitude. No planning. No risk taken. No risk taken. And sometimes this thing of a fatalistic attitude sets in the midst of somebody's mind from past mistakes. Because you made a mistake in the past, so now you're just going to be safe. You ain't going to try nothing. How about you learn from that mistake? Instead of focusing, here it is, instead of focusing on losses, Focus on lessons. While I have experienced loss in my life, I refuse to allow the loss to just be a loss. I, I make sure that losses become lessons. Because whatever I lose, I don't plan to keep losing. 
so why did I lose it what could I have done differently how can I tweak this for the future see you got to move into a futuristic mindset and stop allowing losses to just happen but go in and start actually looking at what happened in this situation and stop being afraid to bring the lens a little bit closer and tweak your behaviors a little bit and make adjustment for the next time rather letting past mistakes overwhelm you all of these deficiencies that I've just talked about resulted in them giving God and Moses an evil report. The cause and the result of this is they delayed themselves. Number 14 is, starts off real pitiful. Numbers 14, it starts off real, real pitiful. I can barely read number 14. How these capable people, after coming from the promised land, they stood up all night long wailing and crying out to Moses saying please Moses please don't make us live by faith please Moses don't make us go on to something bigger and better please matter of fact they got so uh, full of terror about the possibility of their promise that they actually asked Moses give us a leader that can take us back to Egypt I kept reading that like I was going to get more from it. I read it about five to ten times. Who in the world is that scared that they would say, give me somebody that take me backwards. I need somebody that take me back to bondage. I can imagine a prayer request that says, I want to go back to being abused. I want to go back to being a slave. I want to go back to not having enough. I want to go back to being whipped. I want to go backwards. What's wrong with you that you want to go back to where you come from? and come back to come go back to what you come through but fear will make you so afraid that you will actually request God to go backwards they were delayed them, themselves they were denied by God you read the scripture with me God got so angry with them God yeah, see, see, see we don't like to read them scriptures we don't like to read them scriptures but God says God says surely as I have promised I'm going to keep my promise but not one of them and their children that came back with that report. He said, not one of them. I want you not none of them. He said, Moses, I heard your prayer. Moses, you interceded for me, all right? And since you done prayed, I heard your prayer, but they ain't going. I want you to understand something about God. God will put up with all of us for only such a point of time. I got to tell you that because if you don't get that, you won't ever move any faster. You won't move faster through your sin. You won't move faster through your mishap. What made me get myself together is knowing that God was merciful today, but he may not be merciful tomorrow what made me repent was knowing that God loved me today but he may chastise me tomorrow and sometimes we think the God that's been merciful all these years is going to keep behaving the way he's done God said I'm tired of it so I'm tired of it in other words listen to God listen listen to what God say listen to this see y'all God tough God's tough God said listen to this if I've been trying to help them get somewhere and they still don't want to go God says, I'll take Joshua and Caleb and I'll start over. See, see, some of us put up with foolishness all our lives. 
we're afraid to start over after you done tried and you done prayed and you done cried and you done prayed and haven't done all the stand you done stood God said I'm tired of standing I'm gonna take two people who want to go and from their seed and their loins I'll start over I'm talking to somebody who afraid to start over afraid to do something new afraid to do something fresh and God said I'll start over before I put up with this the rest of my life everybody read the scripture everybody read it they delayed themselves in our God and ultimately they were, de- they were defeated by their enemies but Numbers 14 says but not my servant Caleb he has a say a different story tell your neighbor say but you were different say you were different when you are called to be different it means you are called to be exceptional uh, Caleb in the midst of everybody complaining listen to this everybody complaining everybody talking about we can't do this and this and that you know you are exceptional when you don't need majority to be on your side you don't need all the money you don't need all the favor you don't need to have the special networks you don't need to have it you would love to have it but you don't need to have it you don't mind having it but you don't need Caleb only person in agreement with him as a person is Joshua everyone else imagine what it's like when 10 other groups of people 10 10 tribes are saying we can't do this Caleb said I'm a different person I don't need the majority to be voting me in in this season I don't heard from God and all I need is another person for agreement and between us two we going in this thing and we're going to can I tell you what season it is it's time for you to stop waiting for everybody to agree with you it's time for you to stop waiting for a congressional vote it's time stop waiting from your mama's nod she may not give a nod because she never been there she don't know what you're talking about her ancestors have never been there you're doing something new you're doing something different can I pause and all because she don't understand she ain't got to become your enemy all because she don't understand you ain't got to spend time fussing with her tell her mama you'll understand bye and bye but right now bye and I'm telling you see y'all be waiting on your best friends and waiting on everybody before you do what God say do in the midst of 10 groups of people saying we be not able imagine the power of unity in the wrong direction but Caleb said I'm different I don't care what the world is doing I'm different I don't care what they're saying I'm different he says I'm exceptional for we are well able Caleb shows us that there are times in our life that we have to be bold. We have to be courageous. And Caleb was that type of faith-filled man. We don't talk often about Caleb. We mostly talk about Joshua. But Caleb is a man of courage. He's a man of commitment. He's a man of character. And Caleb is actually somebody who's not, listen to this, not even in competition with Joshua. I like Caleb because although Joshua is already selected to be the successor, Caleb shows us that you don't have to be insecure about somebody else's position because Caleb says, all I want to be is a part of the promise. 
I ain't got to, hear this, I ain't got to be the leader in this thing. Just put me in this thing. I ain't got to be over this. I ain't got to have the same gifts as everybody. Can I build you up today? Can I build you up today that you don't have to worry about what you are not? Just focus on what you are. Caleb has no competition going on with Joshua. It even shows based on the attributes of Caleb that Caleb potentially could have been the next leader. Can I talk? See, one of the things you get when it's time to go to promise and knowing that you're different, you're secure about who you are even if you ain't in certain positions. Caleb is not here fighting with Joshua. Caleb is like, no, this is my time and this is my season. And we're going in this thing because God has promised to us. What we don't understand in Numbers 13, when Caleb says we are well able, what we don't understand, that Caleb is actually 40 years old at the time. In other words, Caleb says, I don't know about none of y'all, but this is my time. This is my season. Now, I'm saying that we are well able. But you better understand what we means. We means you and me. But part of the we, I want you to understand, is me. In other words, if you don't go, I'm going. See, Caleb says, I'm 40 years old. 40 represents the time of testing and the time of trial. Can I just let you know that right now you're in a testing season to see what you're really going to do with your destiny? You're in a testing season to see if you're going to stand up to your challenges, stand up to your fears, stand up to your past, stand up to... You're in a testing season right now and in the midst of his test Caleb basically said I don't care what y'all want to do but I'm going to the promise he is 40 years old that he said I'm going into this promise tell somebody you are different you are different you're different God points at Caleb because he is different he said Caleb Caleb said I'm different I'm different tell somebody I'm different I'm different I'm different not like the rest of them. I'm different. And, and some of us are afraid to say I'm different because all you see is your imperfections. But tell your name, I'm more than marred. I'm marked. I'm more than marred. I'm not just marred. Yeah, but I'm marked. No, I'm, I'm marked. I'm marked for greatness. See, I may have some imperfections, some things I got to work on, but the difference is that I am marked by God. Caleb is marked by God. He's marked for restoration. He's marked for deliverance. Come on, somebody. He's marked to go inside this city and possess his land, and he's willing to go fight at the very moment they return from giving the report. He's willing to go. He says, let's go up at once. In other words, here it is. What I was telling you, Caleb says, it's my time. I know that we are well able, but we don't happen unless me is in it. Can I say it again? We don't happen unless me is in it. Meaning you got to be in it for it to be we. Caleb said, we are well able. Others, other words, I'm able to break the curse. I don't care what my family didn't do. Don't care what my daddy didn't accomplish. Don't care what my forefathers didn't accomplish. I am well able. 
Don't care what happened in my past. I am well able. He says, I'm different. He says, I'm different. God says to him, you are different. You are not like the others. You are marked for greatness. And I'm telling you, if you can start beginning to declare that I am different, I can stand up to this. I can walk through this. I can have my promise. I can have my season. I'm not one of those ones who get this far and won't cross the line. You know, one of the natures, one of the natures of the name Caleb, it means dog. It means dog. One of the nature, when you study the nature of Caleb, it means dog. And I've taught this before, but it's worth saying it again, and it means dog. And we know if dogs have a bark. And the bark is a sign of communication. And especially if the dog is getting aggressive, the bark is normally a sign of saying, back up before I do something. But some of us could be all bark and nothing else. Caleb's saying, this is not the nature of who I am. I'm not just bark, I'm bite. I don't just bark and talk all the years about what I'm going to do. I'm finna do this. I'm finna do that. I'm finna. I'm finna. In my neighborhood, we had some brave girls and young ladies. The young men, we would be out there playing football, kickball, softball, whatever we find ourselves to do. Young ladies would take two ropes and do this thing called double dutch. And they would get that double dutch. And all sometime there would be a, a young lady who was too busy worried about the rope swinging. Now why they doing that rope? She'll be just like this. And the rest of the girls were like, go, go, do it, girl, do it, girl, do it. Go ahead, go down, go down, go, go. <laughs> They'll keep on swinging, come on. Go, go, go. She'll still be like that. And while she's still there jumping, here comes Shamiko. While you're waiting on when is the perfect time to go. Here's somebody that took the risk, done jumped in the midst of the jump, done jumped in the midst of it. And what you find out is really all about rhythm. And once you get there, all you got to do is keep on jumping the rhythm and keep on jumping the rhythm. And like that, you can do it like that for 20 minutes and wonder how you did that. Because it's all about rhythm and catching the flow of God. Can I tell you, as I'm moving to a close, we are in a divine rhythm. We are in a divine time and you better understand you're different you better understand that the mark of God is on your life you better understand that this is the season for you to take a jump and keep on jumping this is the season for you to take a leap and keep on leaping this is the season for you to do what you've been thinking of because understanding you are different tell your neighbor you're different you're different you're different you're different come on high five somebody stand on your feet and tell them you're different God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. 
or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you, and join us again.